there's been some important teams in Halo history, and John and I picked two of the most important teams, and we're going to tell you about them, how they impacted the future Angels in a really positive way, and hold on to your butts, John has a story to share that you're going to want to hear. You're Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. Audio listeners, you can rate and review the pod. It helps others to find it. Video watchers, you can subscribe and click the bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. And today's episode is brought to you by the Sports Card Investor app. Welcome to the world of trading cards reimagined. Stay tuned later in the show for more information on this awesome new tool for collectors. You're going to want to check out the Sports Card Investor app. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Locked On Angels. You've got the Frisch Brothers, aka the Super Halo Bros, here with you. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. And uh, due to some scheduling, uh, Mike, you are you are headed out for vacation. I am. Uh, I, of course, I host karaoke on Thursday nights, and so we're recording this episode before the first game against the Baltimore Orioles, just trying to save time, and uh, we'll recap the entire series on Monday so we won't miss out on this series against the Orioles in Baltimore. So uh, we are looking forward to seeing how the Angels do, but we have an important conversation that uh, each of us are going to share. Yeah, We wanted to talk about uh, two teams that you and I have selected that are important to Halo history. How about that? Yeah, and we decided not to select the 2002 team. That's the given. That's the obvious, (laughs) right? And there are a lot of teams that have had a huge impact, but John and I selected two teams that maybe would kind of get missed or fly under the radar, but we really believe that these teams impacted the Angels and the Angels well into the future, had a positive impact. We've had a lot of new listeners to Locked On Angels, Mm -hmm. over 1,800 new subscriptions on YouTube, and a lot of people who have said, hey, I'm brand new to this. I've been watching Mm -hmm. the Angels because of Shohei Otani, and so we are here to help you. We've been lifelong fans, and we've been through the thick and the thin. It's been a lot of thin (laughs) for a lot of years, and so we want to help you to know the history of the Angels. And so today, John and I are going to share about two teams that have had a major impact on the Angels and a, and a really good impact on the Angels throughout the history. So, John, why don't you start us? Let me just say offhand that uh, I misunderstood the assignment. No, I'm just kidding. But I, <laughs> I wanted to talk about the 2014 team. Yeah. And not because they flew under the radar, not because they weren't prominent. Yeah. They actually are a great example of the kind of team that I wish that we could get back to again. Yes. And so that's why I wanted to talk about them. So rather than talk about the highlights of 2014, the last time the Angels made the playoffs, I wanted to talk about some of the things that they did right. Good. Now, let me start with this starting rotation i'm i'm using the greatest website in the world baseballreference.com it's awesome <laughs> uh, for all of your baseball needs and uh, let me start with this starting rotation mike because it is one that is very impressive by today's standards especially for the halos of course we had our ace jared weaver there's your weaver reference Ding. Uh, and and for those who haven't listened before he's my favorite angel of all time and the reason why is because when he had the opportunity to go to another team to sign a huge contract somewhere else, 
He stayed with the Angels. He took a hometown discount, and he said, how much money do I need to make? I just want to take care of my family and be settled for the rest of my life. And I just thought that was so cool. And so when he did that, I believe that was about 2009, if I'm correct, when he Hmm. signed that extension. Around that time, yeah. He won me over for life with that because that's the kind of attitude that I think is really cool of a player who could have gone on to – the Yankees or any other team willing to spend money. Right, uh, right. And, and he stayed with the Halos because he loved them. And uh, so I, I think that Weaver deserves more respect from the organization at the end of the day. But mm. he's our ace on this 2014 staff. Then we had C.J. Wilson. C.J. Wilson was signed in 2012, before the 2012 season. And uh, I thought it has always been a great move. Some people kind of wrap him up in the pool signing and think that he was kind of a waste of money. But he had phenomenal numbers with us. Not quite his Texas numbers, of course, but he still had some great numbers with us. And the kind of pitcher we wish that we could have yeah. right now. You've been, a, you've been a C.J. Wilson defender and fighter ever since we signed him. And I think that yes. you are siding on the right side of history, John. <laughs> <laughs> then, Mike, get this. We had Garrett Richards, who mm. was really coming into his own as a starter and came up through our system Probably the last ace other than Weaver that we have developed in the Angels system. And if it wasn't for an unfortunate injury later in the season, I think Garrett Richards would have stayed uh, on that ace level. And then, of course, Hector Santiago and Tyler Skaggs. Tyler Skaggs did come up through our system, but then he was with Arizona for a while. Prior to this season, we traded Mark Trumbo to the Diamondbacks, and then the Diamondbacks sent some players to Chicago in return, we got Hector Santiago and Tyler Skaggs, two young trade. arms, yeah. and it was a great trade. Yeah, Hector Hector at the time was 26, Skaggs was 22, Wow! so it was a great trade. But then, you know, halfway through that season, Tyler Skaggs had to get Tommy John surgery, That's and that right. was really unfortunate. Right. But then who stepped up But other than 27-year-old Matt Shoemaker, who I believe went undrafted? Yes. And... He pitched to a 16-4 and record with a 3.04 ERA that season. So that rotation, to me, just stands out so much because it had your, your strong starters at the top yep. and your young guys at the end of the rotation. And then the Angels had the supplemental pitchers to help them get through to the end of the season. In yes. fact, they had the best record in baseball that season, 98 and 64 that season, the best record in baseball, first place in the American League West. And and this is why I want to talk about this team, because of the moves and the things that we did to identify where we were in the season and then identify the needs as we went along. Before the season started, we got a great relief pitcher in Joe Smith. And then we also... Uh, had Fernando Salas, who was a workhorse for us. I love got that guy. Him. Yeah, he could come in. You could count on him. He'd eat up innings, and he would always come in, and it seemed like he would shut it down when it was really chaotic. And in whatever inning he would come in, he would always shut it down, even if he had runners on. Uh, he came over from the Cardinals, as well as David Fries. And yep. David Fries was a big part of this lineup as well. He played third base, and he had a few more years on his contract, so that was a great move. And then Kevin Jepsen, who came up through our system. That guy threw gas. Awesome reliever. I yeah. missed that guy. That guy had a strong arm. He was really great. Absolutely. And so then here's here's something that I identified in this team. 
we started out this season with Ernesto Frieri as our closer. <laughs> and <laughs> he had three losses and 11 saves. So there were actually a lot of opportunities for us to maybe even have more wins yeah. than this team actually maybe got. Maybe over 100 that year if they finished with 98. But you know what they did, Mike? They made a trade. They actually traded him to San Diego and got Houston Street. In fact, in his time with us, he got 17 saves yeah. and pitched to a 1.71 ERA. Joe Smith had a 1.81 ERA. Kevin Jepson, 2.63 ERA. Wow. Uh, and then, uh, do you remember Mike Morin? He had a oh, big yeah. part in the bullpen as well. So I, I'm identifying some things here because this team severely needed some improvements along the way. You know who else they traded for were the Pirates? Jason Grilly, a veteran pitcher at the time. Yeah. And Jason Grilly was a huge part of the bullpen. And so he pitched to a 3.48 ERA and uh, was very successful. He had 33 and uh, two-thirds innings. Corey Rasmus, brother of Colby Rasmus, yep, was also him. in the bullpen. All of these guys were significant pieces in the uh, the bullpen. And then, of course, you know, we didn't see a lot of Hamilton this season. Uh, he played 89 games, but you know who stepped up in that was Cole Calhoun. He played 127 games yep. that season. Yep. And uh, we also had a, a DH by the name of CJ Crone. Oh, man, <laughs> and CJ. So when he, he and Poole split time at first base. Howie Kendrick, Eric Ibar were still on this team. So the reason why I'm bringing up this team, obviously Mike Trout was on this team as well. It was the only time he's been to the playoffs. I'm bringing up this team because I look at their schedule back at the beginning of this season, and probably through about mid-May, they were around 500. And mm. it was around May that they took off. And on July uh, July 8th, which is today's date, uh, in in 2014, they were 52 and 37. Wow! So they were a dominant team. Yeah. And the reason I'm bringing them up is because I like the moves and the improvements that they made. I like that most of the rotation were aces that you could count on obviously jared weaver came out of our system santiago came over from the white Sox. tyler skaggs came up through our system was away for a while and came back yeah and then you have a strong free agent signing in cj wilson and so and then of course matt shoemaker who mike Sosha commented as saving the season yeah and i just look at this team and i look at what the angels haven't done this season in terms of hey where can we improve where can we get better what moves should we make to make this team better that philosophy just seems to be out the window and we didn't seems make like any it. improvements last season yeah i can't really think of other times other than maybe 2018 when we traded for uh ty buttry and there was another pitcher in that trade and that they helped us out in the bullpen and i just i'm disappointed to see like hey look at this team that we had where we were significantly good and then we got even better yeah and it was mostly due to swapping some relief arms getting a lockdown closer getting a good setup guy in jason grilly that's what got us to the playoffs and i know the hitting went cold in the playoffs it wasn't the pitching it was the hitting because all of those royals and angels games where we got swept they were very close but you could just see that the royals were on a tear they had something special going on in kansas city but i say all this because I believe the 2014, 2014 team is a good template for what the Angels need to do moving forward, and it's the last time they got to the playoffs. Yep. And so I don't understand why you wouldn't look at that team and decide, hey, let's do more like that. I know that you and I bag on Jerry Depoto a lot, 
and he was responsible for some kind of silly signings. But I got to give him credit for helping this team improve during that season. He went and got the pieces, yeah. He went and got the pieces, and that's something that's sorely missed right now in 2022 with our Halos. Well, coming up on Locked on Angels, I'm going to share about a team that I believe was one of the most important in Angels history. But first, Locked on Angels is brought to you by the Sports Card Investor app. Welcome to the world of sports cards reimagined. John and I grew up collecting baseball cards. We love baseball cards. We still have our collection of baseball cards. And so this app is something that we love because you can quickly check the value of your favorite cards. You can find great deals and you can profit from your card collecting hobby. This app is available completely free in the Google Play Store or the Apple App Stores. It's called the Sports Card Investor app and it's a must have for all baseball fans especially if you collect baseball cards or any kind of card. Whether you're a casual card collector or you're looking for some sort of alternative investment opportunity, and aren't we all in this economy? And so the Sports Card Investor app has something for you. This app is a card collector's most powerful resource. So download the Sports Card Investor app today. Again, available in the Google Play Store or Apple App Stores or go to sportscardinvestor.com slash locked on. Well, we want to thank you for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. We appreciate you being here with us. Mike, I had my team that was significant to Angels history. Why don't you tell us your team that was significant to Angels history? The team that I selected is a team that maybe isn't talked about much And if it is talked about, it usually is talked about in a negative way because I Mm. selected the 1995 Angels. Okay. And this was a team that battled the Mariners all season long. And Mm. this season actually came down to the very last game. And Mm. I'll tell you why in a minute, but that last game was a game where we got crushed. Mark Langston Mm. was on the mound, and it just felt like the wheels had come off. But here's why I selected the 95 Angels. This was the first team in the 90s to actually be competitive, to Mm. contend. The last time the Angels were in the playoffs before this, or at least even sniffed the playoffs, was 1986. And that's when we lost in the American League Championship Series to the Boston Red Sox. We were up three games to two, and then we blew game six, and then we lost game seven. And so the Angels really weren't competitive. And this was the first time that they actually had some brand names because there was Mm -hmm. a time in the late 80s, early 90s where they had a great pitching staff but didn't have a great offense. Or if they had people for the offense, they didn't come through and the pitching staff was really unknown. And so Mm -hmm. this team was actually the first team in the 90s that was actually built to be competitive and to contend. Listen to this outfield. You'll remember these names. Garrett Anderson in left, Jim Mm -hmm. Edmonds in center, Tim Salmon in right. Wouldn't that be a great outfielder outfielder. today? (laughs) (laughs) I would love to have those guys. And then Chili Dog Davis was the designated hitter, and he doesn't get too much credit for being Mm. on the Angels, but he was such a consistent bat for us, and he was a switch hitter. That was so great about Chili. And I I remember Chili really specifically because – I grew up watching the Angels, and this was my junior high, high school years, but I remember him specifically because of video games, John, because I know Mm -hmm. that in games you could 
have a left-handed batter or left-handed pitcher on the mound, and then Chili would just go to the right-hand side, and he would always crush it. He would always hit home run. At least maybe it was the user. Maybe it was me. I was really good at it. So, but Chili was the DH. But here was the key to this Angels team. They actually signed Tony Phillips. Now I don't know if hmm. you know or remember Tony Phillips, but yeah. he had this really funky way of of batting. He would crouch down low, swing the bat high. He was a switch hitter as well, and he kind of got famous as he was playing for Sparky Anderson and the Detroit Tigers. Sparky mm. is a guy who's notorious for putting people in all sorts of different positions, kind of like early Joe Madden in a sense. Like He would always have these tool belt guys on his team, and he would place them in, in certain spots on the infield or the outfield or in the lineup that you wouldn't expect them to be, and Tony was one of those guys. And this was key for the Angels because... They hadn't had a leadoff hitter with a high on base percentage in almost a decade. They had guys like oh, Luis Polonia, and they had yeah. guys like Chad Curtis, and they had guys like Junior Felix, but these guys could steal some bags and were quick. But you put them at the top of the lineup, and they might hit for a high average, say 290. Luis Polonia hit 290, but his on base percentage would be only like 303. So he wasn't mm. drawing walks, he was stealing right. bags, but he wasn't on base for the big RBI guys. And so Tony was the guy that actually changed things for this team. And then Langston and Finley were both That's on awesome. this team that year. Ugh. They each won 15 games. And then, do you remember who our closer was? Or can you take a guess as to who our closer was in 1995? Mm. Oh, Famous man, I don't name. Have any idea. One of the all-time saves leaders, Lee Smith. Okay. was our closer. And I remember when we got him, it was like shocking because the Angels, for some reason, always go multiple seasons without a closer. You mentioned how they traded for <laughs> yeah. Houston Street, right? We had, we, I think he was the last time we actually had a really dominant closer until we a got real Rysel. closer. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. I don't know why the Angels do that, but Lee Smith was on the team for a few years, but he had 37 saves. Now here's where a lot of the conversation leans for the Angels in 95. Here's their August record. On August 15th, John, the Halos were 64 and 38. Wow. Almost 30 games over 500. Yeah. But that at that point moving forward, they went 4 and 17. Ooh. And the big issue that happened in 95 was the Angels lost Gary DeSarcina. Mm. Gary had a, a torn ligament in his thumb. He was lost for the season. This was his only year where he actually put really good numbers up. He was hitting over 300. He was an all-star. He was incredible. They had a double-digit lead over the Mariners in the division, and then it was the last game of the year that they lost. I believe 9-1 to or 10-1, to but it was oh, a pathetic showing. But here's why I selected this team. This was the first time that the Angels actually looked competitive. This was the first time that the Angels had players in the right positions, they had yeah. the right leadoff hitter. They had a great starting staff. They had great middle relief. They had a closer. This was the first time that I can remember in my Angel fandom going, man, this team feels like a competitive team. It looks like, and at that time in the in the 90s, it was the Minnesota Twins and the Toronto Blue Jays that were actually being competitive and winning World Series and the Atlanta right. Braves, right? Right. And so I remember comparing the Angels to those teams going, wow, we have a lot of the same pieces, yeah. And I remember as a kid, I was 15 when all of this took place, 
the Angels being in first place in August was exciting. And then when they fell apart, it was kind of like we expected that because that's mm. what they've taught us, right? An old-fashioned buttercup. Absolutely. Huh? That's where it all started. But <laughs> the reason why I picked them ultimately was because this was the first time that I think the Angels tasted, oh gosh, we're competitive. We're, we actually can yeah. compete in this division, right? And, yeah. and, and then over the next couple of years, they were in the running. They weren't bad. They were in the running. Terry Collins was the manager, kind of a yes. fiery guy. Renee Latchman was the manager. He was kind of a more laid-back guy. And then just seven years later, the Angels won the World Series. And I think that mm. this team was very influential when it came to the Angels actually getting the right pieces and the right attitude and the right vibes to be able to win the World Series. So that's why I selected the 1995 California Angels. They weren't Anaheim. They weren't Los Angeles. They were <laughs> California. California Angels. And I think this team had a major impact on the future of the Angel franchise. Hey, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. They have a brand new puff for you. Uh, our friends at Built have given us the Coconut Brownie Chunk Mm. Can you say that three times fast? <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> you won't be able to because you'll be eating a coconut brownie chunk puff. Hey it's delicious. It's chewy. It's marshmallowy. It's covered in 100% real chocolate. And the best part, they taste good and are good for you. It's low calorie, low sugar, high protein puff. Coconut brownie chunk puffs are only here for a limited time. So what you need to do is go to built.com right now and order your box of coconut brownie chunk puffs. All built bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides a ton of health benefits. It tastes good. I don't know if you've had other protein bars, but but a bar like this is one that you're going to enjoy because it doesn't taste like you're eating chalk or anything like that. Right. And it's good for you. Uh, the delicious coconut rich sweet brownie creamy marshmallow puff is here. So go to built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunk built puffs right now when you do use the promo code on the screen or if you're listening on the audio side it's locked 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your order once again that's code locked 15 to get 15 percent off make sure you go to built.com today and order your box of coconut brownie chunk built puffs Well, Johnny and I are big Seinfeld fans. Go figure, <laughs> 90s references, right? And one yes. of the things that we love about Seinfeld is how it makes us laugh. We love the character development. And there's one character, Cosmo Kramer, played by Michael Richards, who we are a fan of. I've been called Kramer because of the curly hair. And we have joked in our family about Johnny being like Kramer because John has a tendency to fall backwards into situations that are awesome. <laughs> He's got a Roger Lodge story that is great. He's got a Mark Gubaza story that's great. But he has a story about what happened at karaoke that is incredible. And so, Johnny, take it away. Tell this story. Oh, man. Okay, so if you guys don't know, I host karaoke here in Pasadena every Thursday night at a spot called The Blind Donkey. It's a great spot. If you're ever in town in Pasadena, it's an old town, come on down on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. and come say hi. I'll be up there hosting. But I'm telling you this story not because I want to talk about karaoke, but because it involves baseball yeah. players. <laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> so the, uh, the Padres and the Dodgers had met down the freeway at Chavez Ravine, 
and had just finished up a game by the time I got to karaoke to host. And uh, man, I was outside looking for a singer when Jamie, the security guard, said, hey, by the way, when you walk back inside, look to your right. There's a uh, there's a guy who just got called up to the Dodgers, and his name is Eddie Alvarez. And I said, oh, I'm going to go say hi. Little did I know it was two, uh, two medal winner Olympian Eddie Alvarez, oh. who's won a medal in speed skating and a medal for being on the USA baseball team last year. And he recently got called up to uh, the Dodgers. And so he was there and I said, I went up and I said, hi, I said, Hey man, like I'm, I'm a big baseball fan. I love the angels, but you know, I respect the Dodgers and the players they develop and da da da. And he said, Oh, thanks man. He asked me if I lived in town. I said, yeah. And, and, and he, uh, he said that he was hanging out with uh, some friends and I said, are you guys going to sing anything? And he said, oh, I don't think I'm going to sing, but my buddy here might. And I said, oh, hey, man, uh, what, uh, what's your name? He said, Sean. He, I go, what do you want to sing, Sean? And so he gave me the song, and I kind of took a step back, and I realized, wait a minute, Sean. <laughs> that guy looks very familiar. So I, I, I lean over to Eddie, and uh, here's a picture of Eddie and I. We got a picture together. Nice. And uh, there he is, the uh, the Olympian, the Olympic champion, <laughs> medal winner. That's a good shot. Yeah, so uh, I lean in, and I said, hey, Eddie, is that Sean as in Sean Mania? Uh-huh. And he goes, yeah, yeah, Sean Mania. <laughs> and so there he is. I realized that I just asked Sean what he wanted to sing. And so, of course, he's hanging out with Eddie after the game. Padres and Dodgers getting along. Take note, Padres and Dodgers fans. Your favorite players actually get along with each other. They like each other. So I said, Sean Manaya, And then he said, yeah. Eddie says, yeah. And then uh, uh, here's Mike Clevenger. (laughs) So Mike Clevenger is sitting next to Eddie. And I just take a step back, Mike. And I'm just like dumbfounded. And I, 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 the guys are looking at me, realizing what's going on yeah. here, and I'm like, "Sorry, fellas, mind I'm just, warp." <laughs> I'm just now taking in what's happening right now. Yeah. That I'm in the presence of all of these major leaguers, and so of course I tell Mike Clevenger, I said, "You should have never been traded for Vinny Pistano <laughs> in 2014." <laughs> yeah, because if you guys don't know, Mike Clevenger was in our minor league system, yeah. and and in that 2014 season, this is a move that I don't like that Jerry Depoto made that season. Yeah. He traded Mike Clevenger away uh, for a relief pitcher who didn't have any impact and he was, was terrible. Out of the and then he retired. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was out of the league like shortly thereafter. And so, yeah, that was great. And uh, he, he, he and I had a good laugh about that. So there's Clevenger. And then uh, here's that picture of Sean again. And I told Sean, I said, hey, man, you know, I know your contract's up at the end of the year. And uh, we would love to have you in Anaheim. And he said, hey, Anaheim's a great place to live. And so <laughs> I, just so you guys know, Look as an Angel you. fan, and this ties it all back to Locked on <laughs> Angels, I was recruiting. I was doing it. I was putting in the work and uh, trying to get those guys to come to Anaheim again wow. someday. And uh, yeah, so we had a good time. I, I I pulled rank, and the last song of the night, I I said that I'm gonna invite the boys up to sing. So I got Sean and Mike and Eddie. They were all singing. We sang "I Want It That Way" oh, by that's the great. Backstreet Boys, that's and so great. that was a lot of fun. I will just say that uh, it wasn't until a few days later that I opened my tip jar because we, my wife and I, I was in my buddy's wedding last weekend, so we got out of town really fast. But when I got home and opened my tip jar. Let's just say these boys were were very generous oh, and cool. very kind. So they were super cool. That's cool. We had a great time. They were so friendly, and uh, they didn't mind that I wanted to take pictures at all. I I was, you know, as a fan, I'm always careful about like 
approaching people and I don't want to bother them. They just came from the game. They're having a good time, but I had a good connection with them because, you know, I'm hosting and I got to uh, ask what they wanted to say and stuff. And so they were super cool and super chill about uh, taking pictures and things like that. So uh, if you're a fan and you see somebody in the wild like that, just always approach with respect and always ask like, hey, I don't want to bother you, but like, would it be cool if we got a picture together? And and fortunately for me, these guys were uh, super cool about it. You know, I mentioned my friend Julio who hosts the Town Tailgate podcast. It's a A's podcast, a fan podcast. And uh, he's a huge Sean Mania fan because Sean came from the A's. And so Julio was the first one that I texted. I said, Sean's here. <laughs> and then I, I think I texted you. Yep. And of course, karaoke goes late. So you didn't get the message till the morning. Nope. But it was long past your bedtime at that point. So yeah, yeah that's my that's my karaoke story. Uh, I'll post these pictures uh, on our Twitter at Locked on Angels. And if you guys want to follow us as well uh, on Instagram and Twitter, you can follow us at super halo bros so yeah we're very excited uh, i was very excited to to have this it was a great memory a great moment hopefully they come through again and if you guys ever want to come through thursday nights in pasadena at the blind donkey we're doing karaoke so if you're a local come on down that's great have a good time we might see some ball players you know that they were cool guys <laughs> because they had the uh, open button down shirts right they were that's opened right up and i and, couldn't rock that right no no and they needed like some sort of like you know big old chain around their neck or something right. like that Padres I love that you were recruiting for them as well that's yes. that's fantastic they, when he signs when Shamanaya signs with the Angels I, you should get like a percentage of that well no it was me that's right <laughs> you know who else has a, like a button down shirt Lindsey Crosby uh, he you actually, think so? yeah well I don't know maybe he does uh, but he has a great podcast called Locked On MLB Prospects so after you yes. listen to this show make that show your second listen he has all of the details on all the prospects guys who are going to be traded guys who are going to be drafted and you can check it out. He'll talk about your favorite team along with every other team. And his podcast is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, if you want to follow us on Twitter at Locked on Angels, you could do so. And again, on Twitter and Instagram, you can reach us at Super Halo Bros. Mike, tonight's game against the Baltimore Orioles, just trying to save time, <laughs> uh, starts at 4.05 Pacific time. So if you're looking to catch that game, just know it's going to start a little bit early. The Angels are on the East Coast. Yep. Uh, what do we have in store on Monday's episode? Well, it's uh, Mailbag Monday, so it's your chance to talk about these Angels. It's your chance to tweet at us, send us a direct message. You can do that on Twitter or on Instagram. Twitter is uh, at at Super Halo Bros and at Locked on Angels. Instagram is at Super Halo Bros. Or send us a voicemail. We would love to hear yes. from you. Your thoughts are really important to us. And so here's the voicemail number, 714-409-6396. It'll be in the description as well. And John's going to be hosting all week long because I'm going to be on vacation. So he needs some help and he needs some wisdom because I obviously am the wisdom of the show <laughs> and I'm not going to be on the show. So help Johnny out and get him some questions and let's have a great discussion next week. And then I'll be back a week from Sunday Sunday, and we have a special guest that will be joining us, and John will talk more about that in the coming few days, but we're excited about that special guest. We're going to have a great interview, but all that's coming up, but here's what we need from you. We need your questions. We need your thoughts. Yes. We need your voicemails. Send that to us, and then on Monday, we'll answer all those questions on Locked on Angels. I thought I thought gray hair was a sign of wisdom, not less hair. <laughs> That's a low blow. I'm leaving. (laughs) (laughs) Meet Sean Mania, and all of a sudden, you're this arrogant guy. (laughs) You know, me and Sean were talking about it, and uh, no, just kidding. Uh, Listen, you and the family have a great time in Hawaii. You guys enjoy yourselves. I'll hold down the fort here, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, 
riding solo and just seeing what that will be like. I know you've done it for me a few times as yeah. I've been sick and also on vacation. You know, one of our highest so. rated episodes was actually the episode I did by myself. So game on, hey. Johnny. Game on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Touche. Touche. You got me. All right, y'all. Until Monday's episode, my name is John and that's my brother, Mike. And my name is Mike and that's my brother, John. And you guys have a great weekend. Take care and we'll see you right back here for more Locked On Angels. <laughs> 